Today it's called Donkeys of Destiny. Donkeys of Destiny. I'm going to be on a series called... um, Let me get my notes here. It's called Graceland. We're going to be talking about grace, but we're going to be talking about the activation of grace. And one of the things I really felt a call to was in this chapter of... Actually, the Holy Spirit, he sometimes will give me things in pieces, and he says, you know, I want to give you, we're going we're gonna to release a special grace on the people for this year. I'm gonna, they're going to do something um, that is going to really uh, offend the things in their past, and I'm, I'm going to really do some awesome things. But they have to really feel like they've been, they have been invited into where I'm taking them. Because my, because my people are a very humble and submitted people. You guys love the Lord. You really do. And you really want what is on his heart. But sometimes when you really want what's on his heart and it feels like it's not, it's not a part of what he did, it can be scary when you feel like that's what he's calling you to do. And you really need the grace to unlock that freedom, to move in that thing, okay? So it says this, 1 Samuel chapter 9 says, There was a wealthy, influential man named Kish in the tribe of Benjamin. He was the son of Abiel, son of Zerur, son of Baruch, that guy, son of uh, Ephiah of the tribe of Benjamin. His son Saul, everyone say names, everyone say Saul was the most handsome man in Israel, head and shoulders, knees and toes, taller than anyone else in the land. One day, Kish's donkeys strayed away. Everybody say donkeys. And he told Saul, take a servant with you and go look for the donkeys. So, something is... Something that God has us for this year. So we're going to be looking for the distractions. Because other people's inability to tie up the donkeys is going to allow you to go on a journey for your destiny. See, a lot of, not all, but please understand, our... God loves to move in what we are not planning. He loves it. See, you have a grace for something and you think you're going along and doing what you need to do. And that's good. And we need to have that. We need to be articulate in our planning. It brings the Lord glory when you have a plan. It really does. But it also brings the Lord glory When he brings things into your life that you were not planning for and you are able to walk in the spirit and listen to his voice and accomplish the things that are in his heart that was not in yours. It's called grace. Amen. So it says, verse three, now the donkeys belonging to Saul's father, Kish, were lost and Kish said to his son, Saul, take one of the servants with you and go and look for the donkeys. Everybody say servants. God has put servants around you. 
you know you're not alone and you're not to go alone. When, when destiny calls you, there are people that come around you. And you know what? Some of those people are placed there by the Lord, but some of them aren't. Be careful. And I, I say this as a loved I'm, word of warning, is that there are people in your life that can intend really good, but can prevent you from walking where you're called to walk and experience the blessing, what you are called to experience. And there is coming a time, and now is, that you say, thank you, and I love you, but I release you. Ooh, I'm shaking on that one. Ah. There are some relationships, listen, that you are called to release. And there are other relationships that you are called to embrace. That's, that's awesome. I'm going to have to listen back to one. Verse 4 says, So he passed through the hill country of Ephraim and through the same area around Shalisha, but they did not find them. They went on into a district of Shalim, but the donkeys were not there. Say, they weren't there. Then he passed through the territory of Benjamin, but they did not find them. They reached the district of Zuf. Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come, let's go back. My father will stop thinking about the donkeys and stop wor- start worrying about us. He's like, okay, it's getting a little late, guys. It's, we need to turn back and we need to head. We need to go back home. He didn't find him. I was sent out. I'm obeying, doing what I'm supposed to do. And what I came to do and who he told me to bring with did not bring the results. Check this out. Y'all ready? Here's that servant. But the servant replied, look in this town. Everybody say, look in this town. There is a man of God. We need men of God. See, there's different characters in the story. There is the father. There is the son. There is the servant. And then there's the man of God. Come on. You need fathers to send you. You need servants to encourage you. But then you need men of God to change you. Look in this town. There is a man of God. He is highly respected. And everything he says comes true. Let's go there now. Perhaps he will tell us what way to take. Now listen, he didn't say, let's go find, let's go ask the man of God where the donkeys are. He said, let's go ask the man which way we should go home. What way are we going to get home? Let's go ask the man of God. Saul said to his servant, If we go, we can, uh, what can we give the man? The food in our sacks is gone. We have no gift to take to the man of God. What do we have? The servant again uh, uh, said, Look, I have a quarter of a shekel of silver. I will give it to the man so that he will tell us what way to take. Now listen up. You guys know that 
he's not trying to buy a blessing. But you, when you give, it's a statement of honor and it's a statement of release. When you are giving into a house, you are activating the faith that you need. So when that word comes across, it has an investment tied to your investment. David said, far be it from me, Lord, to give you something that costs me nothing. And one thing that has seeped into Christianity is is the coupon Christianity where we will, God will give you something, but you better give me back more than what I gave you. And it's like, no, 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 go ahead and give me your Isaac. But I want to make sure that there's a ram somewhere in the bushes. No, no, no. I want your Isaac. I want, I want what's valuable to you. See, we know the story of Isaac. So we're looking for the ram in the bushes And we're not getting the real value of what he's asking us to give. So here, they know in that culture, you don't just come to the man of God and and say, help us. You bring him something because you honor the word and you're getting ready to receive. It actually is saying to that person, I'm about to receive from you. When When they invest in that person, say, I'm about to receive from you. Amen? says this, verse 9, Formerly in Israel, if someone went to inquire of God, they would say, Come, let us go to the seer. Everyone say seer. Because the prophet of, uh, the prophet of today used to be called a seer. Okay? Good. Saul said to his servant, Come, let's go. So they set out for the town where the man of God was. As they were going up the hill to the town, they met some young women coming out to draw water, and they asked him, Is the seer here? He is, they answered. He's uh, he's ahead of you. Hurry now. He has just come to our town today, for for the people have a sacrifice at a high place. As soon as you enter the town, you will find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. The people will not begin eating until he comes, because he must bless the sacrifice. Afterward, those who are invited will eat. Go up now. You should find him about this time. They went up to the town, and as they were entering it, there was Samuel coming toward them on his way up to the high place. Now the day before Saul came, the Lord had revealed this to Samuel. This is the word of the Lord. About this time tomorrow, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him ruler over my people Israel. He will deliver them from the land of the Philistines. I have looked on my people, for their cry has reached me. So here is, this is the interesting thing about the preparation. You guys, we are a prophetic church. That means we speak things. And the Holy Spirit is giving you guys dreams. He's giving you visions. He's giving you words. And you know what? A lot of times the words we have 
are given to us in this kind of cloud. And it isn't, we'll have this word and it'll just kind of be like, okay, what, what is that? Whatever. And then we just keep going. And then in the moment where it all comes together, God will reveal and say, you remember, okay, that's for now. Let's give it. And I really feel the Holy Spirit is releasing uh, a, a whole nother dimension of that prophetic unction on our people. Amen? It says this, When Samuel caught sight of Saul, the Lord said to him, This is the man I spoke to you about. He will govern my people. Saul approached Samuel in the gateway and asked, Would you please tell me where the seer's house is? I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up ahead of me to the high place, for today you are to eat with me. And in the morning I will send you on your way and will tell you all that is in your heart. He was just looking for donkeys. But destiny is coming and it's calling out to him. And it's through the process of inconvenience. It's through the process of going out and getting something. I don't know. I, I got to go find donkeys. Guys, I'm just, I, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm called to do. I just, I got to go and I don't know where these things are. I know what they look like. They've probably gone out a couple times. They prob- these donkeys have probably been out of their cage before. And I'm just thinking, you think how easy it would be for Saul to be like, man, those stupid donkeys, why didn't servant number 423 tie them up like I told them to? And he could get caught and complaining about the dumb donkeys. And he could totally miss, he could totally miss destiny. If he says, no, dad, I don't need the servant. I'm going to do this by myself. He's the one who didn't tie him up right in the first place. And he could have complained. And you can complain yourself out of your blessing. You can look at all the things that are going wrong of why you're where you're at, of all the things you can hold other people in a place that keeps you distracted rather than searching out for the word of God. And here he says here, you guys ready for this? I love this. Verse 19, I am the seer. Go up ahead of me, high place, for today you are to eat with me. And in the morning I will send you on your way and will tell you all that is in your heart. And when I told you about a release of, of, of the prophetic, here's what I feel like this year. I feel like we're going to get a lot of people. Listen, our church is, for this particular season in discipleship, here's where contrast is going to take place. We're going to disciple people on levels they've never been discipled before. We're going to disciple people who have never been discipled, but who have been in the temple or the house of God for their whole life and have never experienced this. Well, I, I didn't know this was what it was about. But what's going to happen is there's going to come such a release. Here's where the test comes in. There's going to be a lot of people who come into that umbrella of the discipleship. And guess what? They're not Peter's. They're Saul's. 
They're not, they're not people that come under our wing and stay with us forever. They're people that we come in and we invite them to eat with us and we love on them and we take them in like family. But we understand they have a mission. And all we're here to do is equip and send. Do you guys understand the difference? As fathers and mothers in the faith, there's two things we need to be okay with. And that is bringing in the people who are as dumb as Peter's, but then again, releasing and sending the people who have been, you know, Jesus, the man who is demon-possessed, who he could have taken him and been like, you know what? People need to see. Everywhere I go, I want them to see. And he could have created a trophy out of that man and said, you know what? You know what I did with this man? But he said, you know what? The man said, can I follow you, Jesus? And he said, no, go. There are people who are going to come in and experience such a blessing, and it's so important that we say, go. We release. We, re- we send you and we bless you. It's not like a releasing. It's not like you're disobedient. It is we, we bless you and you are, we're sending you. Amen? Okay, that is a... Some of y'all need that. That's an apostolic blessing over relationships that are come. And what you're going to need to do with walking in the Spirit is know the difference between the people who God is giving you a grace to steward... And other ones that he's, he's giving you a blessing in and in a, in just a push off the nest. Okay? Ooh, that's tough. That's tough for me. Okay, that's tough for me to say. Um, verse 20 says, As for the donkeys, as for the donkeys you lost three days ago, do not worry about them. They have been found. And to whom all the desire of Israel turned... if not to you and your whole family line? So I'll answer, but uh, am I not a Benjamite from the smallest tribe of Israel? And is not my clan the least of all the clans of the tribe of Benjamin? Why do you say these things to me? Then Samuel brought Saul and his servant into the hall, and he seated them at the head of of those who were invited, about 30 in number. Samuel said to the cook, bring the piece of meat I gave you, the one I told you to lay aside. So the cook took up the thigh, that was the best piece of meat, by the way, with that was on it and set in front of Saul. Samuel said, here is what has been kept for you. Eat because it was set aside for you for this occasion from the time I said, I have invited guests. And Saul dined with Samuel that day. After they came down from the high place to the town, Samuel walked with Saul on the roof of his house. They rose about daybreak, and Samuel called to Saul on the roof, Get ready, and I will send you on your way. And when Saul got ready, he and Samuel went outside together. As they were going down to the edge of the town, Samuel said to Saul, Tell the servant to go on ahead of us. And the servant did so. But you stay here for a while, so that I may give you a message from God. How many of you guys know, though, 
There is something that happens in the presence of people who honor you. Here is, here is a man, Saul, who went out. He, was just, he had to find the, the family donkeys. But here, on the other flip side, there's this the man, a man of God who's been praying. He's been seeking the face of the Lord. And it's, you know what? It's not about Samuel. Samuel knows that his call to serve the Lord is a, to, is a co-ministry of serving the people of God. It's a mouthpiece over Israel and to respond in mercy and, and really help the people get back in their way with the Lord. And God says, here's a man that's coming to you. And he's going to do this, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And here's something that grace does. Okay? Grace creates an environment where sacrifice is exciting. It can be very difficult when you're bringing something to the Lord that you're just like, ah, I don't know what's coming. But see, God gave Samuel. He gave Samuel a hope for what was on even on Samuel's heart, and that was for the people to return back to the Lord. And so Samuel is moving in this grace of God. He knows the voice of the Lord, and he starts preparing. He's preparing. And, and in his heart, what did he do? He, he, he knew that the man was coming. He knew that there was going to be somebody. He didn't know who he was, but he knew that God was going to bring this person in his way. And he knew, I have to do this, and I have to do this, and I have to do this. And I, and how you guys know, Saul was a mess. I mean, like, look, the dude was, he was called, and he was anointed. But the dude had issues his whole reign as a king. And God called him. And you know what? Not only did God call him, but God used him. And you know what? He really never got his stuff together. And do you know what? Samuel's invite, Samuel's honor, it didn't work out all the flaws in Saul. See, here's, here's the interesting thing in discipleship is we, what we want is great, but what he wants to do isn't usually conditionalized to what we want. Y'all, people are a mess. And you know what? God's destiny doesn't mean that they have no problems. Amen? God's going to call you into people's lives. And you know what? You're going to want the best for that person. And you really think, man, I wish that this would work out. And I wish that they could do And if they can only do this, then, man, that would make. And you know what? God's like, that's so good that you think all that. But you know what love is? It doesn't have any motives. Grace, everyone say this, grace is not fair. God is not going to wait for you to get your stuff together so he can use you. Something the Lord, and I'm just like, oh man. When ministries get attacked by other ministries, 
I usually think, I used to think it's because they were in heresy, but now I think it's because they're doing something right. Because when somebody, when somebody activates grace in a person and they say, God has called you to do this, and that person has a lot of stuff in their life that is not being worked out, that gives an opportunity to grace to overcome weakness. But as long as that person, as long as leadership are, wait, are waiting for this person to get their stuff worked out, guess what I have just done to my place in ministry? I have conditionalized the grace of what he's going to give me. So for grace to flow out of you, for grace to flow into you, it has to flow out of you. We determine our own release. You determine your own blessing. You determine the grace of God that walks out of you, that comes out of you. You want to exp- you know, one of the biggest things when God really started to move on my heart when it came to forgiveness. I didn't understand forgiveness until I released all the people, and I just said, you know what. I I deserve death. I've, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. I repent of your ways and I release you. Do you guys know when God flooded the earth? Y'all remember when God flooded the earth the first time? Actually, the Bible says God repented. God, uh, it, that was our first baptism. <laughs> he washed the earth clean. He washed us clean. And God did away with that reality of humanity. And God has done away with us. But how, how is it that us, how is it that we can refuse the washing of people who have offended us? How is it that we can have fellowship with the Father but refuse fellowship with our brother? How is that possible? Is there no part there is no partiality with God. And he wants to impugn, he wants to, I should say, reveal that God heart in us. And here we have a man, Saul, who has so many problems. Y'all, he's never going to be perfect. Now, when I mean perfect, I mean he's going to have a lot of mistakes. He's going to do some dumb things. He's going to downright, like, subvert God's authority. And you know what God says? I still want that guy. I want that guy. That's cool. You know what? That's grace. And that offends me. Because I think what God wants is perfect. But evidently, his definition of perfection isn't what I think it should be. And grace will come after you. It chases you down. It seeks you until you're found. You know what I, you know what I love about the coin, the coin parable? This is cool. The coin parable. The lady loses one of ten coins. Okay, she loses one of ten coins. And then 
Once she finds the coin, she throws a party. Parties cost money, y'all. We have to understand that God is more interested in partying of what is found than the cost of what is lost. We need to release the party in our lifestyle. Release that flow of God is good. I'm not going to worry about what's imperfect, but I'm out. I'm out to bring him glory. It's going to be good, y'all. Amen. Amen. Can we stand to our feet? I'm just going to pray. I feel it's a good time. I didn't even get to my shebang. Yeah, we'll hold off on that just a minute. Um, and I feel a, 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 I really do want to uh, touch uh, uh, some people today. Um, here's, here's where I feel a call needs to be made. And that is um, we're going we're gonna to hit on this next week. Saul came into the presence of this man of God. And the man of God told Saul a lot of stuff that was to happen. And it did happen. And then Samuel said to Saul, you're going to go and there's going to be prophets. Four of these prophets are going to have four instruments. And you're going to go with them and you're going to prophesy. You're going to start prophesying with them. And guess what? It says this. It says, and when you prophesy, you will be changed into another man. You guys know, um, this is a very interesting, I want to give you guys an interesting uh, parallel. How many of you guys know that we are at the last day of the year? And for many, day, for many people, we have something called a New Year's resolution, Right? And many of us hate them. We, we love the idea of a new reality, but we're like, oh, well, according to our track record, they don't go over very well. And so what you, we like to do, we like to not have them. So we don't feel the condemnation of when we break them. Right? Come on, right? Seriously? I mean, you're like, okay. So here's what happens. Um, I was at the I was at the gym in, in uh, this last week, and usually the week after Christmas, of all the years I've gone to the gym, the day after Christmas, people start flooding the gym because they're getting ready for the new year, and they want to get a head start, and they want to get back, and they want to lose weight, and want to do make all these goals, and da 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 da. And so the day after Christmas, people hit it hard. Well, guess what? This week, empty every day. You know what that tells me? People are burnt out. But the reason why they're burnt out is because they're not submitted to anything. They, goals are like, they're nice, but I don't need them anymore. Where I'm is okay. It's a very apathetic thinking. And I really feel God is calling us out of that Christian lull. 
He does not want us to be hopeless, to be goalless, to just kind. He, in, in what he's inviting us into, he's inviting us to go worship with the prophets so that when we join them and we prophesy with them, that we're changed into another person. The person God is calling you into has zero to do with where you've been. The Bible talks about grace upon grace. It gives us a grace upon grace. You know, right now there's a grace on your life that you're moving in and you're doing stuff. But tomorrow it's going to be a developed grace. And what I want to do is I'd like you guys to just take in your hand I want you just to, as a prophetic symbol, I want you to take in your hand, say, Father, thank you for what you've done. And I give it to you, and it's blessed me. And I just want you to release the things that he has released on you, and thank you for it. But then I want you to take your other hand and I want you to receive something new from Holy Spirit. And it's going to build you. And for a lot of you, it's going to seem unreal. It's not going to feel real because it's so early in its developmental form. You're looking at the thing he gave you and you see the story, you see the plot, you see the beauty. But guess what? That's because you've been working on it for a long time. But he wants it back. And now he has you. He's going to have you work on something new. And let me tell you why. Because he can trust you. The reason why he trusts you is because he is in it. And what he trusts in you is because of what he knows, the operational power that he can do through you. So Holy Spirit, I just thank you for releasing this amazing work that you are calling us into, and I thank you for it. Lord, I don't know the end. I don't see the polished product. It's messy. There's going to be mistakes, and we're going to do a lot of learning and a lot of mind change, a lot of repentance, Lord. A lot of, Lord, glory is going to come out of this, but right now it's just kind of, what in the world are you going to do? But, Lord, we know that when we start prophesying and we receive this, Lord, our heart is going to be changed. And right now I just, I, I just see as kind of like as a, as a ship just releases from the shore. You're just leaving. You're just leaving that. You're not. You're leaving that reality behind. You're keeping the testimony, because the testimony is what's going to give you hope for what He's calling you into. But I just feel a release from the things of the past, and that doesn't mean that you're. It doesn't mean you have to move anywhere. It doesn't mean you have to. Uh, but it doesn't mean you have to. You know, change jobs. It it doesn't mean you have to, you know, do things like that. But maybe what he's calling you into, you feel like there is a there's a release 
and a calling that he's calling you into. And Holy Spirit, just as Saul, he went on a journey and became a different man when he learned it, between that one day of going and coming back, the man became a totally different man. We know that you can change a heart in a second. We don't feel the change, but we receive the prophetic shifting in our internal atmosphere. Lord, and we just receive that in Jesus' name. Lord, I just ask for healing to flow through this body. Supernatural healing. Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I hear, uh, I just am hearing uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, if anyone has uh, uh, wants the fire baptism, look, it's not, it's not a matter of you can wash something. It's a matter that you can consume it. God wants to give you a grace to consume the things in your life. If you want that, um, I would like um, I would like uh, James and Mark to just baptize you guys in that in prayer right now. If you have listen, it's it's a totally different thing. It's it's a totally shifting of a reality. If you want the power of the Holy Spirit start to really shift some stuff in your life and it's not it, it, this is a totally different dimension this isn't just you being like you know th throwing up a, a hope prayer to some dove this is like you are you are in the boat with Holy Spirit and you are doing some stuff with him if you want that I want to I want to have you come and I want to have James and uh, Mark just pray with you and there's a baptism, and I, I smell it too. That was really interesting. Um, amen. Do you want to? Mark, would you come down here? This is confirmed, I believe, several have felt this. Mark's going to lay hands on you. We're going to practice discipleship here, right? And so, in the upper room, they were baptized. <laughs> Now, please just bow your head and close your eyes. Raise your hands. Mark, I want you to go out into the room like a dove, and I want you to touch people who have their hands up. If you want this baptism of Holy Spirit in fire, 
If you want it, raise your hand. Stay where you're at. Be faithful where you're at. Mark, you go and touch as an act of faith. Bring Holy Spirit in fire. If you don't want it, put your hands down. We release this. We release this. More, Lord. More. More, Lord. More. Father, we've been waiting. The valley of the shadow of death is over. And we're sitting at the table that you have prepared for us. We are sitting at your table eating of your wonderful meat that you have prepared for us. We've been looking for our donkey. Now we're sitting at the table. And right after the table, the word says that Samuel anointed, anointed. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy stuff, they comfort me. You prepare a place, you prepare a table in the presence of mine enemies. Then you anoint my head. I am a king, because you anoint my head. Fire now, consume it now. Holy Spirit, baptize us afresh. Baptize us afresh. More, Father, take that whole bucket of oil and pour it on me and pour it on Mark and pour it on everybody who says, yes, Lord. This is a house now of anointed kings and anointed queens to disciple. And then after that, we dwell in the house. There's only one entity that dwells in a house forever. Friends don't dwell in my house forever. My kids don't dwell in my house forever. Sons and daughters do not dwell in my house forever. There is only one, and that's a bride. And that's what he's called us to be, the bride of Christ. We will dwell in your house, in your presence, as a bride, with all of the privileges and all of the responsibilities. We receive this anointing. Hallelujah. I'll take some. I'll take some. A new identity. He was never a same man. He prophesied with the prophets. And he was a new person. That old guy chasing the donkey doesn't exist anymore. Now you're a king. Now start acting like one. That's your identity. Oh, my God. I'm just going to stay in this presence. This is sweet. Just rest in his presence. We're at the table. We're eating the meat. The valley's over. The daughter has returned. 
Jerry shared a testimony of redemption. God can redeem failure. He can't redeem when we quit. He can redeem failure. We don't quit, God. We've fallen. We've stumbled. We blew it, but we're not quitting because you can redeem it. You can redeem that broken relationship. You can redeem my broken, failed business, failed marriage, failed parenting. You can redeem it because I say I'm not going to quit. I'm reaching out. Just rest in his presence, people. It's not a work. Just rest. Do your work, Holy Spirit. Just wash us. Wash us in your presence. Jesus. Oh, thank you, God. I want to I want to invite you guys uh, to do something. Um, uh, before we had our um, uh, before we started service, uh, just me and Dave got here early, and I'm going to do something. I I want to. I think. The breakthrough this year in our hearts is going to be amazing. I really do think there's going to be some awesome changes. But I, I, when I say that, I mean like impersonally, in everyone's personal. Uh, what's going to happen is because of a, the personal breakthroughs, uh, there's going to be a corporate and, and really a, a release in our, in our area. And I want to do something... I want to want you guys to invest in your faith, in the testimony of what God is. You feel like He's promising you, and this is what we're going to do. Um, I'm going to actually have. This is going to be crazy. After service, I, I'm going to set up a testimony booth in this room. Okay, and I'm we're going to have a camera set up today. And we're going to prophesy and agree with what God is going to do for us this year. How many of you guys have ever seen before and after pictures of someone who's like been on a diet? And that transformation, see, when you have someone who's like nice and chiseled and they worked, it's like, oh, good for them. But you don't see what they went through. But when you can see what they went through, something happens in a person that sees the transformation of a person. It creates an environment of hope, and it's an invitation to join in that. And how many of you guys know that God is inviting us to join, to join in into a journey, that he is already with us in the end product, but many times we can't be objective in, in saying this is where we're at. 
And I'm going to do this. This is crazy. But we're going we're gonna to release you guys. We're going to bring up the house lights and everything like that. What we're going to do, I'm going to set up two cameras in this room over here. And I want you guys to come in and just give your, this is what I really feel Holy Spirit's going to do this year. I feel he's going to do this. This is what he's putting on my heart. Da, 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 da. And we're going to see what he does this year. You know what this is? You know what that is? That's your, that's your quarter of your shekel of silver. He wants you to bring something that's going to say it's, it's revealing. It's going to cost you a little something. But I really think, I mean, if you're going through a transition right now, or maybe you're not, maybe you're just going, if, if God lays on your heart to say, this is what's going on, but this is what I feel he's going to do, that I'd love to do that. And we're not going to share it to anyone. This is just going to be a log. And when, when you bring it up, when God answers the prayer, because we know he's going to, we know that that is going to stir it. You know, this is a, how many of you guys know what, what Jerry shared today is a testimony long time in the making. But you know what? If she just set, shares, hey, you know what? I had, I had lunch with my daughter. People are going to go, that's great. But if you know the backstory of what led to it, you're going to be like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. People need to know the story. They need to see you in process. So we're inviting people into that measure of hope this morning. Amen? Amen. You guys be blessed in Jesus' name. Awesome. Amen.